This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Here is your guest host, Jane Brown. Osteoporosis, or low bone density, can result in bones being more fragile and lead to an increased risk of fracture. It's often associated with aging, but is a disease that can affect men and women of any age. John Papastergio of the Ontario Pharmacists Association joins me in studio now to take your questions about osteoporosis or whatever other pharmacy-related questions you may have today at 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. John, thanks for coming into the Zoomerplex. Traffic was a little bad today. Oh, it was a tough ride in, but I made it, so it's okay. It must be all the sunshine. Everybody's out and happy to be so. driving. It's really odd, but it's okay. Well, what is osteoporosis, the, the actual definition? Yeah, so really it's defined as a weakening of the bones as, as you get older generally. So what happens, if you think of the lifespan of a bone, uh, generally you're born, the bones start to develop, they get stronger and stronger. The, the strength of the bone kind of peaks in your 30s. And then what af- happens after that is that the bone density or how thick your bone is, it, it starts to kind of decline. And as you get older, if you're not cognizant of it, what happens is it puts you at risk for fractures. And then, you know, we hear these situations where people fall, kind of a, a small fall, and all of a sudden they've, you know, they've broken a, a, a leg or an arm or something like that. So bone health is something we don't think about a lot, particularly when we're younger, but it can come back to kind of haunt you when you're older, definitely. Well, particularly if you're a middle-aged Zoomer woman. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Women who are perimenopausal or postmenopausal, they're particularly at risk for osteoporosis. Yeah, yes. one in four women. Uh, so it's very, very common amongst our uh, postmenopausal women. Um, you know, men tend never to think about osteoporosis, but we still see it in men as well. But one in eight, so not as common as women. With women, the bone density tends to become uh, uh, a bigger problem once you go through those hormonal changes later in life. And that's what uh, uh, the estrogens are thought to kind of drive bone health and, and make your bones stronger. So as that starts to taper off later in life, that's where we get the extra weakening uh, in the bones in women. <laughs> Preventing osteoporosis. I mean, this advice is no good for those of us who are of a certain age, but for people who are younger, um, the uh, children and grandchildren of Zoomers, uh, calcium is is a real preventative, yes? Real, real important, yeah. So, uh, you know, I kind of I touched on when you're in your 30s, that's kind of the maximum your bones will get, right? Uh, mid-30s. So you want that to be as high as possible in terms of your bone strength because it's going to start to decline from there. So the, the higher the jump-off point, the better. Um, there's a lot of things you could do, uh, uh, you know, prevent some of those uh, risk factors. Calcium, vitamin D, very important, particularly in Canada. Uh, we know we don't get a lot of sunshine here in the winter. Vitamin D is integral to bone health. It helps uh, mobilize the calcium, kind of put it into the bone, make your bone stronger. Um, generally, what I recommend in, in climates like ours, take a 1,000 uh, units of vitamin D a day, even in the summer. Summer, winter, doesn't really matter. I think it's really important to, to make sure your bones are strong and healthy. 
Calcium is one of those things that's uh, it's become a little bit more questionable how much we should take over the last few years. It used to be, yeah, definitely take as much calcium as you could as you can. Now there's a school of thought that maybe if you take too much calcium, it may affect your blood vessels, right? The right. hardening of the vessels. So we used to say, and when I first started to practice, you can't overdo calcium. Take as much as you can tolerate. Now that's changed a little bit. So if you could get calcium from your diet, probably the best thing. Milk, cheeses, that type of stuff. If you don't eat a lot of that and it's problematic, then we start to think about calcium supplementation. Generally, what we say is no more than 1,500 milligrams of elemental calcium a day. So what you do is you'd look at you'd look at the packaging and it tells you how much elemental calcium is in the different products, but no more than that because I know some people, they like to load on calcium. We're thinking maybe that's not the best idea anymore, but definitely getting some is important. Uh, as many milligrams as you can from natural food sources, is that okay? Or yeah, it's more that, the issue with the supplements? Yeah, it's the supplements is the problem because with the supplements, you could get into super high doses, right? Whereas uh, with food, your body kind of regulates that, you know, it depends uh, depending on what you're eating. But the foods that are super high rich in calcium, it's all relative, right? It's still very little compared to what you could get in the uh, oral pills for sure. I know my doctor said, a 500 milligram tablet a day is good and then the rest that's right. get in your food. That's great. I, and that's just like for prevention, that's generally what I recommend. For patients that have osteoporosis, maybe we think about a little bit more. But yeah, if you could, if you take one of those a day and then try to get the rest out of your diet, you're not going to have any problems at all. Now, how do you know if you have osteoporosis? Because there is, there's no pain associated, right? That's, it's osteoarthritis where you feel pain. Absolutely. Well, that's the problem with osteoporosis. A lot of people, if they they don't get scanned. So the, the diagnostic measure is something called the DEXA scan. You kind of go in, your doctor will order it, and then they could kind of they get a, a visual of how dense your bones are, and they give you a measurement, right? Many people don't know, right? If you've never had that uh, and uh, uh, you've never thought about osteoporosis, the first time you find out is if you have a fall and you have a fracture, right? Um, there are other risk factors, uh, obviously females, advanced age, but really slender builds, uh, a risk factor, alcohol consumption, smoking are all risk factors. So if you have multiple risk factors, it might be something you think about, well, let me ask my doctor about getting kind of my, my bone scan just to see where you fall. Some pharmacies are actually doing this now. There's like these uh, portable ultrasound type devices. And if your pharmacy offers it, you just go in and they give you a quick measure of kind of where you lie with respect to the rest of the population. So it's a good uh, it's a good way to check uh, um, you know uh, if you're at early risk. Are you doing this at your Danforth we do, shoppers? We, do. we don't do it all the time, but we do bring it in on certain clinic days, so we'll wow. promote it. Yeah, so we rent the device, and usually once a month or once every other month, we just take appointments for pa- patients that we think are at risk because there are certain medications that will put you at risk for osteoporosis. Uh, oral steroids come to mind, and many patients are on those. Right? Um, they 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 could put you at higher risk. Uh, so if we have patients on that, we might refer them to one of our clinics just to get kind of looked at and see how, how their bones are doing, especially if they've been on them for long periods of time. And if your bone scan comes back at your pharmacy suggesting that there may be an issue with osteoporosis, they go to their doctor? Yeah, or we they... refer them off to the physician for further investigation. Right. But generally, there, there, there are quite a few therapies now, all therapies to help. The earlier you start with these therapies, the better because... The therapies aren't great at rebuilding bone. What they do actually is they prevent further bone loss, right? So once your bone started to decline, we're not going to ever get it back to where it was. What we try to do is prevent that kind of downward spiral.
We've got John Papasturgio from the Ontario Pharmacists Association in until 1 o'clock taking your questions about bone health, osteoporosis, or any other pharmacy-related questions you may have. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. Let's go to Reva in Penetanguishing. You have a question for John? Yes, hi there. Um, I've been taking prednisone for a month or so and started off with uh, 20 milligrams. I'm down to five now. Is that a danger to my bone still at that dose that I, I expect to be staying on for a while? Yeah, great question. So potentially could be, right? Even at the lower doses, if you're, if you're on it for long enough, um, it can affect your bone density. So something to look at. You're, still, you're relatively new on it. And generally what we say, it's the short-term use isn't the problem. It's the more long-term chronic use. So depending on how long your, your doctor keeps you on it, it may be something they want to follow. You are on a very low dose, so I'm not really concerned about the dose per se. But if you end up being on that dose for years, um, it could still potentially affect your bones. So they might want to put you on some uh, uh, prophylactic medication to prevent bone loss. But I think it's still a little premature uh, to look at it, depending on your other risk factors like, uh, you know, um, uh, your, your natural build or your real slender build. We look at these other things and decide, hey, maybe we should put this patient on uh, medication a little bit earlier. Well, I took Redondidrate or whatever you call that bone pill, that once a month pill. I didn't really like the effects from that? Yeah, residronate. Uh, that's yeah. the problem. So the class of the first-line therapy for uh, for osteoporosis are the bisphosphonates, and residronate's one of them. I find many patients don't like them. The great thing is you don't have to take them as frequently. It used to be you had to take them daily, then weekly. Now you could get away with monthly, but it mm-hmm. does bother some people's stomach, make them feel not, not well, very well. But it gives you funny well, you know, pains in your bones where you never had before, you know, until uh, it, it, it wears off for a few days. Yeah, yeah. like it, you can get that as well, not as common. Uh, but there are other therapies as well. There's a, a great injectable medication now called Prolia. You just have to take it twice a year. Um, if you don't tolerate uh, the bisphosphonate uh, under the Ontario Drug Benefit Program, that's uh, an acceptable reason to try the injectable. It is an injection, so you got to go in and get it done if you're not comfortable doing it yourself. Is it a proven safe thing? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a it's a good drug. It's called it's a biologic. The problem is the, these drugs are quite a bit more expensive, so uh, yeah. the ministry wants you to try the other agents first before they put you on this one because of the, right. the, okay. the cost. But okay. it's available mm-hmm. and it, it works very well. Mm-hmm. Okay, Riva. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you for calling in. Let's go to Helena in Hamilton. You have a question for John? Yes, John. I suffer from osteoporosis, and I've had two knee replacements, and I'm still suffering from a lot of pain, terrible, terrible pain. Is that common with uh, my, my disease? Um, you have so much pain, yeah, so pain. N- not with the osteoporosis. Like bone pain with osteoporosis. I can't is, hardly hear you. Just speak up. Yeah, bone pain with osteoporosis is actually quite rare. You're probably suffering from what Jane mentioned before, osteoarthritis, right? Uh, prob- yeah, I have arthritis. Yeah, that's probably where you're getting the pain from. Have they tried to manage it at all? Have they given you any pain medication? They don't give me any pain medication. No, morphine is the only thing that helped me when I had the. Op- operation on my first knee had a drip with morphine coming down for a drip you know so that's common during uh you know post-operatively and, uh, helped the pain yeah. but um the second operation i've had just recently in november the fifth six uh the pain 
is still there with me, and it shouldn't be there now. Should she go back and see her doctor? Absolutely. Yeah. Go get that checked out. And, I mean, we can manage the pain if the pain is the issue, definitely. But let's do it par- properly. I don't think we start with morphine. We start with some of the other agents first. Mor- mm-hmm. Morphine's commonly used postoperatively. Probably not something they're going to send you home with. But mm-hmm. uh, there are alternatives, and you shouldn't be having this much pain uh, this far out after your procedure. So go go get that looked at. The strange thing about it, John, is it comes and goes. Yeah, yeah. Of course, when I'm active, you don't think about, you're not conscious of the pain. It sounds like uh, osteoarthritis to me. You can't get, you're restless, you can't find a position where you're comfortable and the pain is so exaggerated, you know, so exaggerated at night. And all you can think about is trying That's to get right. sleep. Okay, well, good luck. Make sure give give your doctor a call because certainly uh, your doctor will want to be able to talk to you about how to manage that pain. And we we, we talked about that last week when you were in about yeah. all the different painkillers that are out yeah, there. Yeah, we've got a lot of alternatives, but it's always important to take a stepwise approach. So people find in hospital, oh, they gave me morphine in hospital. It worked great. Well, sure, it was hospital. You probably had a procedure. That's not something you want to go home on if you don't need to, right? So let's take a real look at what's causing the pain and try to treat it appropriately. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. We're talking with John Papasturgio of the Ontario Pharmacists Association, primarily about osteoporosis and bone health today. But any questions you have for our pharmacists are welcome. 416-360-0740, 740 Let's go to Bernice in Mississauga. Hi, Bernice. Hello. How are you today? Fine. What's your question? Great. Well, I've been on, I have osteoporosis and I've taken all those pills and now I get the needle twice a year for prolia. And um, now I've been diagnosed. I also have osteoarthritis in my hip and my pelvis and that pain that woman is talking about. I mean, I must be younger than her, but uh, the pain can be terrible. So I take a leave when I need it, but the pain, it comes and goes. Um, now, is there something you can take that's easier on your stomach that will help the pain other than leave? It's a great question. And uh, a lot of times we see these two diseases kind of going hand in hand, osteoarthritis, osteoporosis, and we have to manage both. Um, a great question. Aleve, for those that may not know, is an anti-inflammatory medication. It's a pain reliever. It's available over the counter. Its chemical name is naproxen. And it uh, makes sense for you to take that as kind of one of the first-line therapies. The actual first-line therapy for osteoarthritis is acetaminophen. Uh, that's just plain Tylenol. But what I find patients don't do is they don't take enough acetaminophen, right? So they take it only when they need it. The guidelines suggest if you're trying to treat osteoarthritis, you want to take up to four grams a day of osteo- uh, of acetaminophen. Uh, so that would be like two tablets every six hours or so. Um, and if you find you do that regularly, I bet you it's going to help with your pain. And it's actually okay to throw in the occasional naproxen if you need it for breakthrough pain. That's safe to do as well. Um, but that's kind of your first line. One, if, if you find that's not managing your pain, then we could go to, into some of the, the prescription uh, anti-inflammatories, which are stronger, 
and then you get into the opioids and some of these other medications we talk about. But I think you should start with that because that's generally what we uh, what we recommend. So, John, how long can Bernice take Tylenol every six, acetaminophen every six hours? Believe it or not, if you don't go over that four grams a day, it's actually very very safe. The toxicity. Yeah, but do you take it for weeks? Months? Oh yeah, absolutely. We have people that take it all the time for years. The problem is if you get over that four grams a day, it could start affecting your liver, right? So your liver has no problem clearing it uh, when you're less than that uh, amount as long as you don't have any pre-existing liver disease. Once you get over that threshold, then it could become very dangerous. Tylenol could be a very dangerous drug if you take too much, actually. Um, So uh, stick within the recommended doses. That being said, try some of these other things we talked about, these non-pharmacological measures. Try to strengthen the muscles around the joints. Doing that exercise really helps. It'll take the pressure off the joint. You'll find the pain will get get better, hopefully. Um, You know, uh, and and if you could combine all these lifestyle changes uh, with... uh, uh, with the medication, generally we see um, uh, we see patients improve. The other thing is weight loss for osteoarthritis. If you you are a little bit overweight, the best thing you could do is lose weight because the weight on the joints is what causes a lot of that trauma. So try to do that as well if that's within if that's one of the, a potential issue for yourself. But if you add all these little things together, generally we can manage it. Uh, the challenge with osteoarthritis when it gets really down to bone on bone, um, that's when you hear about people having to have the surgeries and everything else because the ability to, to manage it with medications becomes very difficult. Is that helpful, Bernice? Yes. Well, keeping the inflammation away, then, that uh, will prevent the de- deterioration. It can. It can. Because the thing with osteoarthritis, it's very different than rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis is a disease of inflammation. That's what happens. Your joints become inflamed, disfigured, disformed. Osteoarthritis, there's a component of inflammation, but it's not as, as extreme. That's why we, we usually start with Tylenol as the first line uh, therapy. Uh, the, the anti-inflammatories do help uh, because there always is a little bit of inflammation there. But I, I prefer combining the two. I find it works better. Okay, Bernice? Yes, thank you very much for your help. No okay, problem. we're chatting with John Papastergio, our trusted contributors from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. You know, osteoporosis is very personal for me. Uh, four years ago, almost four years ago now, I had a stress fracture from running uh, and ended up having surgery. Uh, so I've got pins in my hip that'll, that will be there for the rest of my life. And, and because it happened at Toronto Western, they then referred me to an osteo doctor because I, at that time, was almost 50. So after having a bone scan, I was uh, told that I was, had borderline osteoporosis. So I hunkered down, took my calcium and my vitamin D and kept up with my weight-bearing exercises. And this last visit to the osteo doctor, uh, so I would have been 51 and a half, uh, I no longer longer fall into the category of osteoporosis. So she doesn't need to see me now for a couple of years. Did and and she says it's not exactly that the osteoporosis reversed itself, but it's just they saw more density in my bones. So that that's a, a great example and great for you know becoming so engaged and managing your own condition. And that's what I think patients need to do. It was early enough in the course of kind of the disease that you were able to, if not completely reverse it, at least develop uh, uh, some uh, more density. And, and slow the progression, right? And that's key. And it was a combination of upping your calcium, taking your vitamin D, and I guarantee you that weight-bearing exercise made a difference. And that's, I think that's the component a lot of patients miss. They'll just revert to the medication and hope the medication will do anything. If you're going to build bone mass, 
you have to do the exercise. The medication is not going to build the bone mass for you. You've got to get out there, do the weight-bearing exercise, and then your body will naturally start to, to develop bone to, to, to be able to do the exercises. So that's key. And uh, this is a perfect example. If you start early, you're able to – and that doesn't only apply for uh, osteoporosis, diabetes, hypertension, dyslipidemia, all these diseases. You get them early. You make the changes in your life. I think a lot of times you'll be able to stay off meds for a lot longer. Great news. Donna and Peterborough, go ahead. Do you have a question for John? Yes, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'm just wondering if, if I'm taking too much vitamin D. Um, I'm taking the 1,000 uh, the units a day of vitamin D, yeah. plus in the calcium. It's calcium plus vitamin D. Um, there are 200... Um, and how many of those are you units taking? Units in, in, in this calcium pill. So what is your total? Your, uh, so how many of those calcium pills are you taking? One or two a day? One a day. One a day. So you're at 1,200 units. You're good. Mm-hmm. I generally don't recommend taking more than 2,000. Yeah. Not that it's toxic. Vitamin D is different. It doesn't really get you. It's not, it doesn't become toxic. I'm not really worried about that. It just doesn't do anything really beyond that. They okay. actually did studies with like yeah. super high doses of vitamin D and found it doesn't, doesn't do much more. So I think oh. you're good at that. And that's actually within that recommended range. So keep, keep doing it, particularly in the winter. Mm-hmm. And um, he would also advise me to take Actinel. Yes. And there are so many side effects in this. I'm afraid to take it. Don't be afraid. That's uh, that's residronate. Uh, 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 actually, that's alendronate. Uh, it, it also belongs to the class called bisphosphonates. Um, and so it does kind of what we talked about with the last caller. It, it takes uh, the medication works by remineralizing your bones. It takes the calcium, sticks it to the bones, makes the bones stronger. Oh, the side okay. effects can can be bothersome, but if you take it the way you're supposed to, so usually we recommend early in the morning on an empty stomach and you stay upright. The reason they say don't go back to bed or lie down is it could really irritate your esophagus. And that's the those are the side effects that patients most commonly complain of. Oh, Other than I that, see. the medication is quite safe. So it's mm-hmm. uh, um, I think it's worth taking and and to ask to take the one that's once a month, right? Mm-hmm. That that I've, then it's just once a month. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to take it weekly. Um, I find I find that uh, patients are usually okay with it after they've been on it for a while. Mm-hmm. And that being said, if you don't tolerate it, it really bothers you. Just switch to the injection twice a year. But uh, if they're recommending that, you're probably at that stage where it, you'll benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. When I looked at this, it kind of scared me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank okay. you so much. Thank you, Donna. We've got three calls to go and three minutes left with John. So let's see how we do here. Andrea and Brampton, go ahead. Hi. Um, my mom has osteoporosis. She has it really, really bad. She's actually at the point now where she's bone on bone. Um, she has been doing that infusion drug, the twice a year thing, but I think at this point it's kind of, um, well, moot, I guess. Um, I was in a car accident and I have a plate in my knee and I had severe pain one day and I had gone to the doctor. They told me that I have osteoarthritis. So I'm 41 now. I'm just wondering, like, what pills or calcium pills should I be taking or should I get a bone density scan done because of the osteoarthritis in my mother's history? Is it hereditary? Great, uh, great question, actually. There is a family history component 
to uh, osteoporosis. That being said, at 41, you're still probably a little bit young. The okay. two don't go hand in hand. I see them the, uh, commonly the same two diseases uh, uh, in patients, but generally one doesn't predispose you to the other or vice versa, right? Um, so I'm not really worried about the fact that you, you've had your knee osteoarthritis. That being said, your family history, and if you have other risk factors, at some point you definitely consider getting a bone scan. Uh, uh, if you have a really slender build, uh, you think you're at risk, it won't hurt to get one by any means. Actually, I'm, I'm quite overweight. So I guess that makes it, the bone density thing better. It, yeah. So generally, you're, but you, you're not as high risk for osteoporosis, but you probably, that's what's contributing to your osteoarthritis, uh, right? Okay, so if the we extra could, weight. Yeah. If you could lose that weight, you'll see the pressure on your knees will get a lot less and, and the symptoms will hopefully get a lot better. Thanks, Andrea. Okay, uh, just uh, how much calcium pills should I be taking a day, or how much uh, should one take? If it's the five, five, usually I say twelve hundred uh, milligrams to fifteen hundred milligrams of elemental calcium. So two, no more than three a day. Okay, thank okay. you very much. Okay, thanks for calling in. Let's go to Dan in Thornhill. Go ahead. Hello. Hi, hi, Dan. Dan. Yes, hi. Uh, question was, how important is uh, good blood circulation and affecting osteoarthritis in the joints? Is oh. it important or? Yeah, I mean, I, I think good circulation is important in general uh, because that's the, uh, the, your body's normal mechanism to get things around, uh, uh, clear toxins and whatnot. Um, it, you know, if you exercise, you get good circulation. Uh, if you exercise, it helps with your osteoarthritis, your osteoporosis, and your overall bone health. So I think, although they're not intimately related, I think if you've got one, it's helping the other naturally. So if you're able to do that, uh, by all means, and, and the secret to both is exercise. Okay, Dan? Great, right, thanks. Okay, thanks for calling in. Rob, if you can ask your question in 10 seconds, we're good. <laughs> okay, I don't know much about vitamins. Is it vitamin D or is it calcium that I should be taking for to build the bones? Uh, both. If I had to pick one and you're a young Canadian, vitamin D, that's more important because we don't get it in this climate. But if you're worried, and uh, you could take both. It's perfectly so. But if you're not at super high risk, just take one tablet of the calcium. And the vitamins are always sold with something else like magnesium. Not always. The magnesium's put in there because calcium can be constipating, so they throw it in. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, but oh, it's, not, uh, it's not in all of them. You could get it. Yeah, we got the Life Brand versions just on their own as well. It won't hurt to take some magnesium either. So okay, Rob. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for no calling problem. in. John Papasturgio from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.